Hey everybody, uh, welcome to this week's episode of Twist Turns and One Liners. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about Donnie Darko. Um, this is one that I've been meaning to watch for a long time and just never got myself to do it. So I can't remember, have you seen this one? Nope. So you hadn't seen it, so you just picked it because it's a cult classic as I learned? Yep, yep, and it's just one that like I would be scrolling past on whatever service it'd be on at the time. Be like, and I'd, I'd add it to my list every time I come across it on different stuff, and I just never get around to watching it. So this was a perfect excuse mm-hmm. to finally watch it. Yeah, and I am pretty glad I did. Mm-hmm. With a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a side note to that, and um, I'll get into that. I'll get into it a little bit more later, but. The version, so it's on HBO Max right now as of the time of us recording, which is uh, April, end of April. But um, <clears throat> the version that's on HBO Max right now is the theatrical cut, and there's a director's cut. And there's one longer. Uh, director's cut's a little longer, and it includes information that really helps understand mm. what's going on why would they cut it then well i don't know it's it's i didn't i didn't deep down i didn't deep dive into the whys i, I watched it yesterday to give and i gave myself a little bit of time to kind of shore up some of my own theories as well as kind of just figure some stuff out mm-hmm. but um basically what um the director's cut does Aside from adding some a little bit of extra scenes, it adds snippets. You know the book, the book that he gets in the movie, the the time the how, oh, the from, time travel book from the like the woman. Yeah, who she, they yeah. almost hit with their car. Yep, um, the philosophy of time travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it at various points of the movie, it puts up on the screen snippets from that book. And it explains like, it's like like text, like excerpts. Yes, like oh, okay. like, a, like a still of the of a page of the book. Oh, sure, and sure. It, and it explains the like it makes it way clearer some of the stuff that's going on that you don't necessarily attribute to certain stuff. Yeah, as we go, but we can get into it as we go a little bit more. But that's the that's the main difference. And after. Uh, there's one uh, one video I watched where this it seemed like she was doing it for like a project or something, but maybe not. But this this person on YouTube uh, did a breakdown of that and like went through went through the uh, went through the book because they have a they have a Donnie Darko there's a Donnie Darko like website that has those pages mm. up so you can read them. Mm-hmm. But um, she basically goes through and, and ties those explanations to what happens in the movie. And I'll I can send it to you later, but it's mm-hmm. it it didn't change much about my th- theories. It did change some stuff because some of the stuff you wouldn't have thought of, yeah, unless you were getting your hand held a little bit. But if that makes sense, yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess like they cut it down so that it could fit in the theater running time. Yeah, I don't know because it only really added twenty minutes, and it's. Oh. Comes in under two hours without it. Right. And then with it, it's like 2.14 or something. So it really wouldn't have made that much of a difference. Yeah. Hmm. So That's weird then. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure there were decisions in certain places and test screenings and all that garbage. And 
I'm just guessing, obviously, but... Well, whoever did that, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it too could have been. It could have been high, like hindsight thing too, where like it's like they push it out like that, and then they kind of come back to it a, a little bit later, and they realize, oh, you know what? I think this I could have been helpful for yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah. yeah, and again, I don't know. But. I think I, at a quick glance, saw that it didn't do very well in the box office when it came out, but I, like, I'm pretty sure that. I mean, okay, so the budget was four point five million and it got seven point five million in the box office, which is not terrible, but like that's not that big of a movie, you know, mm-hmm. like in the grand scheme of things. I, I imagine I imagine it's one of those movies that did a lot better on video later. Yeah, well and what's crazy is I see that there's a sequel. Yeah, what I've read about it, it's not worth anybody's time. And it says that they're making another one as of 2021. Uh, Do you I see have, that? No, I didn't see that either. Yeah, so again, probably won't be as good as the first one, but yeah. Needless to say, I don't think either of us were like disappointed in oh, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. movie. No, no. no, it was it was good. I feel like I've definitely said this before, but I'll reiterate it for any viewers who didn't hear it. Is that I often watch when we watch sci-fi or just anything with like a complex plot. I like need help, so I have like understanding. So I'll often like have ideas in my head, but I'll like Google to make sure that I'm right. So I was watching this with my friend last night, and we were kind of talking like out loud as the movie was playing, like about our theories. Like, so at first we were like, "So is he like a?" time traveler like is that what this you know these clues of time travel is what it's telling us and um at the end of the movie i think the answer to that is no but also yes (laughs) like there's like two universes was like the conclusion i think is what i gathered i guess i'm kind of asking because i don't fully know but yeah there was like two universes and something about it being paradoxical paradoxical or something where they like they're like connected and the reason that like okay just like brief quick overview for anyone who didn't see it there's like jake gyllenhaal plays donnie darko and you kind of meet him at first and he's kind of just like a moody you know i don't even know how to describe him like almost a too smart for his own good high schooler like loner yeah, yeah. vibes and you're kind of like weirdo slash I don't want to say like potential like psychopath, but like they kind of make him out he, to be like mentally ill. Well yeah, and he he like when he talks to people he's not it's not like something he's hiding. He goes, Yeah, I I'm like on meds. I they th- yeah. this is this and that's that. Yeah. Like yeah. So it kinda like it starts with like a major event happening, which then happens again at the end of the film Mm -hmm. but that's when like you kind of put it all together because you realize that when the event happens at the end it couldn't have happened without what happened at the end what happened what happens at the beginning wouldn't have happened without what happens at the end yes but that like doesn't make any sense because they're supposed to take place Mm -hmm. at different times so that's where like i it made sense about it all being a big loop and the universe like collapsed on itself, basically, and it's all linked together. And shit like that just like blows my mind. <laughs> like I, 
it's so hard to understand for me. And I get it now as I like now that I'm older. Mm -hmm. But if I would have watched this when I was like 15, would have never understood it. Um, Also, it reminded me of have you ever heard of the show um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Mm -hmm. So that ran for like four seasons. And I think in like season three or season four, I've only seen it once. So I don't like know it that well. But there was something about how there was like a time loop like that where I like had asked my sister, like, I don't get it. Like, how can she be like there if that didn't happen yet? Or like, she's how can she be at the beginning of time? You know, whatever, just Mm -hmm. like asking these questions. And she's like, you're not getting it. Like, it's all one big loop and time is like all like intertwined and she's not really missing anything. And I I just, I got so lost Mm -hmm. and I don't even know how to describe it. So this just shows how lost I was, (laughs) but it just made me think of that where it's kind of the same thing of like, there's really no beginning and end. Right. And so you can't pinpoint it. But as my brain was trying to do was like, where's the beginning? Where's the end? Where's the overlap? Mm -hmm. And you, there's no like point where you can determine that. So like, Based on based on what you said, that's kind of the vibe I got for some of it. Um, I mean, for sure, the two universes thing—they they're pretty clear about that. In the like him and the conversations that he has are pretty clear about where one's gonna implode and suck in the other like a black hole, sort of a thing. Um, Which, sorry to cut you off, but by the way, is that why there were those weird? Like vortexy thingies coming so, out of people. So yeah, we we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So um, the other part, the other part of your theory with the time loop thing, there's from what I was reading, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily think of it this way. Uh, I didn't necessarily see it this way or think of it this way. But there's a theory out there that this, like this whole day that we're seeing, or this whole time, it's not, a, it's not a day, right? It's a, it's like a few weeks. Um, yeah. This whole few week strand that we're seeing is a time loop that Donnie's been going through over and over again, basically until he gets it right to close the loop and and mm. keep everything from imploding, which I could kind of see it um, because I think part of that theory is him, like with his sleepwalking and waking up at different places, like that's him failing in the loop resetting. Mm-hmm. Like he fails, the loop resets, whatever. I'm not big on that one. Um. And I, I should I should say too that like some of my some of my um some of what I was thinking while I w- was watching I've kind of lost in doing a deeper dive after watching it. So there's some stuff that I'll probably attribute to myself, which is probably more likely that it was something I picked up later, just to, as a kind of disclaimer. I I'll, when in doubt, I'm just gonna assume that I picked it up later. But there, but there were for sure some certain thoughts I had throughout that were a little bit more, that were for sure mine. But and it kind of, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just trying to preface it. I don't want to take I don't want to take credit for a thought that I didn't put into my own head. But I don't put any of the own thoughts in my head. What? I get, I get <laughs> all my own thoughts are from other things. So other people. So it's, I've never had original thought on this. No, I'm just kidding. I think um, it's one of those things where there's 
in order for me to, it's easier for me to talk about the way I was thinking in the context of how I'm thinking now. And that's with this director's cut information, which is pretty crazy shit. Like, yeah. And it's, I'm not going to go deep into it because there's, it's kind of a lot. Yeah. But this whole, the whole thing um, revolves around three types of people. There's uh, the, I'm, I've got it pulled up here so I, I'm, I can make sure I get it right. The living receiver, which is in the text in this te- was in this book that we didn't get okay. information for in the theatrical version. Okay. Um, and that's Donnie, right? And the idea is that the living receiver is this person is the only person that's able to, um, basically the they're the person that's able to save the universe from imploding. Mm-hmm. For just to give you the short version, yeah. And then there's also um, the manipulated dead and the manipulated living. And the idea is that all these people are connected subconsciously in, uh, and in place to help Donnie meet the end goal. Mm-hmm. So they don't realize they're doing it. It's not like a conscious decision. It's all happening subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But all these people are in place to make sure that he eventually gets to the end that he needs to get to. Right. So that like, makes sense. And, and it definitely makes sense looking back and thinking about different moments in the movie like the one the one that was kind of the seemed the most out of place like watching it was when the two teachers the they're the married couple that are teachers yep um they're sitting go just sitting like on a break or something and then they look up at each other and he's like Donnie Darko and she's like yeah, Donnie Darko oh yeah and it just seemed kind of random yeah but that's kind of one of those things where it's like they they acknowledge that He's he's like on their mind, and he's been like present in yeah. that current situation, but not yeah, really even thought about that. But that makes total sense, right? Yeah. And obviously, everyone who he interacts with in some way becomes one of these people because it's one of those things where, like, if this didn't happen like this, then this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have yeah. happened, and and that's the whole point of the movie, right? That's by the end, he's able to manipulate the jet engine to go back in time. Yeah, and, yeah. Um. So. I know this this reminded me of a movie that I've seen that obviously not obviously definitely came out after this so mm-hmm. probably not ripped off the idea but maybe was inspired by this movie but before I fall is like the same type of movie where a girl lives the same day over and over again until she like gets the loop right mm-hmm. and she ends up dying I think in the, <laughs> I think she like ends up realizing that like it's not going to stop unless she dies which I guess is what happened here. Basically. So um, it's kind of like the universe needs to be, you know, right in mm-hmm. order for there it to keep going. This is like kind of a big question, but like, do you think that the reason that they make movies like this where that like if you time travel, like the universe would collapse on itself because you're kind of messing with. I don't even know. You're messing with destiny? Sure. Natural <laughs> order of things. Yeah. Um, do you think they do that to deter people from wanting to time travel? Because no. I feel like one day we're gonna have we're gonna figure it out, right? Like we're smart enough people. I mean, I'm not, but there are smart <laughs> people out there who can who are gonna figure this out and like, you know, whether it's like ten years or a hundred years, they're mm-hmm. gonna figure it out. 
which means if they do figure it out, they've already been doing it because it's it's if it's happened in the future, it would have happened already. It's a weird. So thing. do you think that if it really does happen, like if time travel's real, mm-hmm. do you think that the universe really would collapse on itself? Like, do you think that's a thing that they know, like scientists know, or it's just a guess? No, I think I think there's the the problem with talking about time travel is. Everything is theoretical, and there's so much out there to cloudy, cloudy, to cloud up what it is, how it is people think about stuff. Like, there's a whole, there's a bunch of different theories about it, right? And like, there's plenty of people who say it's a like physically impossible; it'll never happen. There's people who think it's already happening. Like, I'm of the, I'm in the boat. And because it's one of those things that where you you never know until it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that believes that it's until it happens, it hasn't happened. Until it ha- until it happens, it hasn't happened. But at the point that it starts to be able to, it, that time travel is invented, that's where like the that's where the the start is, the start like dot, right? Mm-hmm. And then any time travel that happens from then on can't go past that dot. Okay. So I, I I I don't I don't know the complete ins and outs of the theory like by heart, but it's basically one of those things where that's like the starting point. Yeah. And once it's invented there, as future goes on, you can go back and forth sure. in between, but you can't go anywhere before it. Sure. But I don't know. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah. And then and honestly, with this like with and as time travel pertains to this movie there's kind of only two unless you unless you're going by the time loop um the time loop uh like the fact that he's been going through it multiple times unless you go by that there's no i don't really think there's it's kind of weird right because at the end it's implied that he uses whatever powers he has to manipulate that engine to go back in time to crash into his room. Like when he's up on the hill at the end with uh what's her face dead in the in the seat and he's like, It's okay, I'm gonna make everything right. He's yeah. you're we're seeing the the second universe like implode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like it's I think it's implied that he makes the like uses powers to make that does he have powers? Is that what was supposed to be implied? So, yeah. So, the whole, yeah, back to the whole thing with the whole orb thing coming out yeah. of his chest. Like, that's him seeing everyone, like, their path their path into the future, right? So, like, like, seeing where they were going? Right. Oh. And that's part of the conversation he was having with his teacher. Like, if you can, if you see that, if you can see that, like, the teacher was like, well, if you can see it, you can change it. But, um... When it happens to him at his house and he finds the gun, like that's it. Like it's him curious as to where it's going, mm-hmm. but and it is leading him to that place. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where, like, could he have gone against, gone against what it was saying and gone somewhere else? And that, in the end, may or may not be the whole engine thing, right? The plane engine. He may be. He sees that time, that time, like, I don't know what you want to call it, like, tunnel, and he forces the thing through. Okay. It's, oh, it's weird. It just is, like, so confusing because 
Like it doesn't, you know, logically doesn't make sense. How can the mom and the sister be on the plane that the the little jet engine falls Mm -hmm. off of? But then they're also in the house and alive. So that's where like I just had to give up like Mm -hmm. logic and trying to understand. That's the whole thing. Like that's the whole for sure. That's the whole thing at the end is he's he's sending the engine, the airplane engine back in time to send it into his roof because he knows that's what needs to happen. So technically like this the second universe like was not I don't want to say it was not reality but it's not what became reality. Right. It's so <laughs> and this goes and this goes back to to the to the philosophy of time travel stuff uh that you have they have the um oh what do they call it? Well, there whatever the main universe is called, I don't remember what the name of it's for, and I'm not finding it here, and I don't want to look forever. So, but then they have the <laughs> tangent universe. Yeah, the tangent universe is the is it starts when he has the dream of talking to Frank and leaves the house. Yeah, okay, because that's when yep. the, in, the yep. engine hits the. Mm-hmm. So that's the start of the tangent universe. That's what I meant by then, like the second universe. Yeah, yes, yeah. yep, yep. And um, so Frank tells him he has 26 days before. The tangent universe implodes and destroys the regular, I think prime, I think it's prime universe, okay. and destroys the prime universe. Okay. So after 26 days, however many hours it is, yeah. if he doesn't succeed, yeah. the entire universe is gone. Yeah. So. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Like, ugh. I was, I feel like I was expecting... I'm just picturing my younger self watching this movie being like, but I don't get it. And I'm like annoyed at the thought of like myself not understanding. So now that I'm just, I just really need to appreciate how now that I'm like older, I can actually get it. And it's so good. Mm -hmm. And it like, like Jake Gyllenhaal did a good job. He did a good job playing that character. I looked up, he was probably only like 20 years old when this was made. Um, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast episode, but I might be wrong. But I thought I mentioned something about how uh, I had only seen Jake Gyllenhaal in mm-hmm. the Spider-Man movies. It was my first movie with like just Jake Gyllenhaal being like kind of the main focus. Mm-hmm. And Chef's Kiss also uh, like his sister being in the film as mm-hmm. well. And in I think it's in like the opening where you can totally see their like real life sibling dynamic mm-hmm. peeking through because they do such a good job of playing the like bickering back and forth. Yes, yeah, yeah. bickering's perfect word. Um, so I just I wanted that was like my first note I had was like Jake Gyllenhaal did a really good job, and you can tell he looks really young, and probably hadn't had. Well, actually, I don't know. I feel like he started when he was. A child, actually. But I was going to say, I thought maybe he didn't have a lot of acting experience. But I feel like I watched an interview where he said that he started when he was like 11 or something. So I guess he would have been acting for a while. So that's not really true. But um, I have to ask this because mm-hmm. it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you know like, like the tea with Jake Gyllenhaal in like pop culture? Well, in your pop culture or yeah, broad in, pop in mine. culture? Okay, what? You, well, I might know, but are you talking about Taylor Swift crap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
crap. Um, no, I was just, I just think it's funny because I feel like there's a whole group of people who, like, I genuinely only knew who Jake Gyllenhaal was because of Taylor Swift. And it's not because, you know, he's not famous it's, or, like, famous enough. It's just that, like, that's how I heard his name. Mm-hmm. So every time I see him and stuff now, I just think all too well. This is a 10-minute song. Do you Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. The best Taylor Swift song was inspired by this man. I mean, it's iconic. See, I, <laughs> I mean, just wanted to fine. get your thoughts. That's a, fine, that's a fine reason to have heard of someone. Yeah. But for me, that's like... Well, how did you hear of him? Movies, movies, movies. What movie? Uh, probably the first one I can remember consciously being aware of him being in it were... Uh, was probably either Bubble Boy or The Day After Tomorrow. Okay. Which were both, one was made, was filmed before you were born, <laughs> and the other came out a few years after you were born. Okay. I was 10 when The Day After Tomorrow came out, and I had probably seen Bubble Boy already, even though it probably was not appropriate for me to have seen. <laughs> but we've been through that already. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Just, I just had to bring it out, because mm-hmm. I just think it's funny. and. I'll, I kind of feel s- sorry to Jake Gyllenhaal because I was <laughs> judging a book by its cover and he actually was a good actor. So Yeah, he's actually, uh, he's the lead in one of, one of my favorite movies. Like one of my, you know, we've mentioned before our comfort movies that we go back mm-hmm. to watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Z- Zodiac. Okay. He's the lead in that and I fucking love that movie. Are you going to put it on? Eventually. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to say that. And then the other thing I wanted to say, because it's just funny. Dukakis, mm-hmm. be- <laughs> that being the name, I look. I didn't know that was a real person. Yeah, yeah. So here I'm. I'm watching this because you know it's set in 1988. Thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, this is fake. It's like a fake election. Yeah, no. That was, po- that was topic. A, that was a real thing. I mean, it was before I was born. Well, right, but they showed they showed the footage of George Bush Senior and them having Do their I- debate. I don't know what George Bush Sr. looks like off the top of my head. I like, I just, I didn't notice that, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. I'm trying to say that I didn't, you know, recognize him. I didn't even see him, what you're talking about. But I probably wouldn't recognize the older George Bush. Mm -hmm. I know that the one that was president when I was born, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't know that. But so he lost, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So, do you think that was, like, significant, like, them, like, bickering about politics in the beginning, or, like, it didn't matter? Uh, I'm not familiar enough with the politics of that time to know if it, if there was some, like, thing behind it. I think part of it was, I think part of it, if, thinking about it now, um, my guess would be... If if it were a message for to anything, and it's would if it's the message I'm thinking, it's still applicable now. Where eh, it's almost sort of applicable now, and you you'll probably disagree, but <laughs> it's one of those things where I think the idea is his sister is like this bright, hopeful, wanting to make a change happen. Yeah, but the establishment guy won. Yeah, it was that sort of a thing. Yeah, like the caucus was like the. I think the idea is he was the, he was the fresh new idea in the sw- you know in the swamp. Mm-hmm. But then Bush got elected One. anyway, and 
I thought it was going to be like a cool thing where like in one universe, one of them won oh. and the other universe, the other one won. Um, we don't have time for politics when the universe is imploding <laughs> itself. That's true. That's true. Um, but that was that was another note that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one of my key questions. So I know we're kind of jumping around this episode, but it's because... The movie kind of jumps around. The movie jumps around, (laughs) and also, like, in comparison to the last few movies we've been doing, I feel like we have a lot to say with this movie, so we kind of have to, like, Mm -hmm. just get what we can. Yeah. So, in the beginning, we see him sleepwalk, and my question is, did he know he was sleepwalking and, like, doing these things? Because, and by doing these things, I mean, like, you know, flooding the the school and uh setting that that person's house on fire it seemed at first as if he didn't but then i feel like he did um and because you know when he uh when they um flooded the gym he had wrote a message i don't even remember what it was uh they made me do it or something yes. like that and then they had everyone like go on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and write it. And he just looked like so fed up with it. And at first I was like, oh, he's just fed up because he's like, this is so stupid. Like, why are we doing this? But then I was like, well, maybe he's doing that because he's just like mad that he might like be get caught. Yeah, I'm that I'm not 100 percent sure about because I don't. I'm trying to think if there was a moment where he cop to doing it that was outside of the hypnotic regression session with his I feel like there was no um acknowledgement of it outside of like the the episodes yeah I'm not sure I think he's aware he's aware of it he has to be yeah he he would have to be aware of it because um he's totally aware of Frank and the stuff Frank has been telling him to do I think mm-hmm. he's aware of it and mm-hmm. he just doesn't he knows better than to, than to like be outward about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, so with the whole like sleepwalking and everything. So really, he wasn't really being like they thought he was schizophrenic, but really, right, he's not. So I didn't. So yes, that for sure is is a thing. Although at the very end, there was a brief little time where like the brief little thought where it may have been true, but. I abandoned that um like two seconds after thinking it, but because the, <laughs> because the other version's more fun okay. um, but I don't think it happens in the theatrical version, but from what I was seeing on play because I didn't remember it when I was reading about it, but apparently in the director's cut, there's a line in there that says the pills are water pills, they're placebos oh, so I don't think. The like the the therapist the, that he was seeing was prescribing water pills. I think so. Oh, I think, but I think that was a line in the director's cut. And what the fuck, this director's cut? In which, and <laughs> if I, I again, if I'm to understand, if I'm to understand these like book pieces again, like, um, there's there's a chapter, and I'm I'm checking right now. There's a chapter. That's called Water and Metal. Mm-hmm. And they're apparently the key elements to time travel. I just covered my mouth while I was talking to the mic. 
Um, <laughs> and this one's short, so I can read this one. It says, water is the, uh, water is the barrier uh, element for the construction of time portals used as gateways between universes as the tangent, vo- is the tangent vortex. Metal is a transitional element for the construction of artifact vessels. Artifact vessel, in this case, is the jet engine. Oh, the okay. The jet engine is what allows for the two universes oh, to be created in the first place. Okay, that makes sense. And there's more to that, too, but oh we'll keep on the water and the metal part for now. Okay. Um, so I think one of, the, one of the thoughts is these water pills are what help ignite, oh. reignite this whole thing to begin with. I just feel like without this information, like you, it makes you can it... so easily misunderstand. Yep, that's so bogus. Yeah, I will say, like, I think uh, reading some more too. There's still a lot of people that believe in the schizophrenia thing. That the whole movie's just uh the whole movie's uh like a commentary on people with schizophrenia and stuff like that, and kind of what they go through. That's like literally boring. Right, I, I agree completely. <laughs> And so does the director, because apparently he came out and said, yeah, no, that's not the case. This is yeah. universal stuff. That universe stuff is that's going on here. stupid. Yeah. But, like, that's what, uh, that's what that brief little thought was that I had at the end of the movie, was that he was waking up from a dr- dream that he had, and oh, none of that yeah. stuff had happened. I thought that that was maybe going to happen. And that's why he was laughing, like, oh, it's just a dream, and then poof, he dies. But, I, <laughs> like I said, I abandoned that. I abandoned that pretty much right away. Yeah. Because again, it wasn't. It's no fun if that's the case. Like those movies suck. The movies where you like you go through like forty five minutes to an hour of all this crazy shit happening just to find out that the person was dreaming. That's so lame. It's and so lame. I know you're a Twilight person. That's part of what was bogus about that. Uh, is it <laughs> breaking the, down is it part the two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so bogus. But I will say, you know, I feel like if sometimes when they do it. It is like the first time I think you see that it's good. It blows your mind, right? Like no matter what film you see, like Breaking Dawn Part Two was the first movie I saw do that, where it was, and that in that it's not a dream. Yeah. That's more of like thoughtful because it vision. was a vision, yeah. and that's Alice's power. See, and so that made like that was a good twist for the first time person seeing that. But don't do it every time you watch a science fiction movie. Like my. Or, my problem with it, stuff. my problem with that kind of stuff is when there's no indication at all that you could ever guess that it wasn't actually the case. You know, like yeah, because all the all the stuff like in we'll just use the Twilight thing for an example again. You go through all this stuff and you're seeing all like characters die. You're seeing all this happen, Sorry. all that happen, and then like all that just like like all those oh shit oh and then it's. Uh, for sure, plenty of people have the, oh, thank God, it's just their vision. Now mm-hmm. they can make it stop. Like, for sure, I get that feeling. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like they're taking any, like, I don't want to say, I don't want this to sound like dumb, but they're taking any, like, emotional, like, uh, investment that you've had in that time and just yanking it away from you. And yeah. some and I Twilight isn't necessarily the worst example. Like there's a Nick Cage movie out there. What is it? Um I think it's called I think it's called Next. <laughs> yeah, Next. 
where he he's this guy uh he's this guy who's like a he's like a cut rate like a second rate like magician but the <laughs> what makes him special is he can like see he can see so far into the future okay he can see like a few seconds into the future or whatever okay or minutes depending on what's going on and so he's like he gets sucked into this like crazy shit that's going on yeah where there's like a bomb and all this whatever and he like meets the love interest and for the first half of the movie it's only ever i can only see a few minutes at most Mm -hmm. and then he gets in a gets a hotel with the love interest or like ends up in a hotel with a love interest and Mm -hmm. they have to spend this time together and then the next like hour of the movie happens. Mm-hmm. And then at the end he wakes up and he steps outside to make a phone call. He wakes up back in that hotel. Mm-hmm. He steps out to make a phone call. I know uh I, I'm going to help you out, leave her out of it, and we're going to go fix this shit or whatever. So like an entire stretch of movie like basically goes against everything that we knew about the character. Yeah. Right? And the whole thing is, oh, I can see it's different with you. I can See so much further ahead when I'm with you. It was annoying. It was dumb. I I but. get I get the frustration for sure. Like it is annoying. Um, I just real quick to go back to the Twilight thing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that. Um, I I did hear some fans, and they could be lying, but they did say that like when they were watching the Twilight uh part that we're talking about that when they killed like Carlisle and Jasper and like Leah, all these like big characters Mm -hmm. that people started to be like, no way that they're, are they killing all these people? This has got to be fake. And I don't think anyone could like piece together how it was going to be fake, but I think some people had doubts at first. Um, And also some in like a normal battle, like a realistic battle in a movie, whatever kind of battle it may be, some good guys and some bad guys always die, right? Like mm-hmm. normally they kill the like elite bad person, but normally some good people die in the process. So it seemed like a realistic way of like juking out the audience. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, I don't know. You really fell for it. I understand the frustration though. I'll stop talking about it, but. I, I get it. I get the. I'm glad that this movie did not do that. Right. Um. Can I talk about something completely different? Yeah. With the movie. So this old lady. Hmm. Other than writing this book, why is she there? Um. I think. <laughs> I think the idea is that she was one of these people. That uh, oh, oh. they're referring to them as. Uh, she refers to the the idea of the person as the living receiver. So Donnie was the living receiver. I think the idea is that she was one. At a, so she went through a similar experience at one point, which is why she's been was able to write about it. And she's one of the other people. What are they called? Oh, the manipulated living. Yeah, because her being in the middle of the road is a right. big thing that you know right. fuels the For events. A couple of yeah, a couple of different times. Right, and she whispers into his ear. Like, uh, yeah, they reveal it later, and I yeah, forgot what it was. I already forgot what it was, too. Uh, well, because I remember watching it and being like, What did she say when it first, you know, said, Yep, um, come on, we're gonna find this. Um, 
someone who I know who listens to our podcast told us that um, they were laughing in one of the past episodes where we're trying to find stuff and Mm -hmm. we're like talking as we're trying to find it. And so I'm trying to prevent that from happening while we look at this. So I'm going to try to keep talking while I look for it. Well, it's one of the (laughs) like, so it's kind of, it's one of those things where like, Again, if I really like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm pretty upset that I didn't realize there was a director's cut to watch until afterwards. Yeah, that's because, annoying. like, reading these snippets from this book make everything make it's way, make it way easier to follow. That being said, it's not like, again, it's not like we didn't enjoy it, but just all these different, but I found it. Go for it. Every living creature on earth dies alone. Yeah, because that was, that's right, because that's one of the fears that he had talked about throughout the entire movie, right, was that he didn't want to, he was worried about dying alone. Yeah. And then at the end, he gives, he gives <laughs> he gives up on that idea at the end when he oh, realizes, when yeah. he realizes that, that yeah. it's going to save the people that, everyone, it's going to save everyone, yeah. not just the people he cares about, but yeah. everybody, for better or for worse, everybody. And I think that it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, because... Again, even without the information from this book stuff, you have that moment at the end when he dies, when he when the jet engine hits the thing, everybody wakes up, everybody mm-hmm. that was connected wakes up mm-hmm. and then they're they have like they woke up from a bad dream. Right. And, and they're they... all they're all reacting to what happened in this tangent universe like it was a memory. Yep. And like there's that weird little exchange between is it Gretchen? I think that's her name. Between Gretchen and the mom. Where they kind of look at each other, like... And they wave. Like, oh, yeah, like they, like, something... It's not that they know each other. They don't know each other at this point. But something in their heads is like, I feel like you I recognize you. a shared you. experience, yeah. yeah. Well, and, like, yeah, when... And you kind of put that together. Because it's kind of confusing what happens. And then, like, they put it together with Gretchen talking to that, like, neighbor. And she's... They're like, oh, like, what happened? And the neighbor's like, oh, like... You know, this guy died, and they're like, what's his name? Donnie Darko. And she's like, or they said, do you know him? No. And then you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And obviously just seeing her alive right. made more sense. Her death was brutal. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch just got ran over. Like, that came out of nowhere. Right. Like, first of all, they go to that, was it the old lady's yep. house? Yep. And... They're doing whatever, and then those guys are trying to rob the place. What was on their heads? Just like pantyhose. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing because it like smushes your facial features, makes you less recognizable. Get a ski mask. <laughs> hey, you know it is what it is. But okay, sure. I thought it was like nylons or something. Um, which same thing. Yeah, and um, so they have that, and then he just picks her up and just body slams the shit out of her on the ground one of the mm-hmm. the guys Seth Rogen Oh my god okay I Seth Rogen's a name I know but I never recognize him mm-hmm. but okay and then she just gets <laughs> absolutely flamed by this car mm-hmm. And here's another thing which it makes relate to this so they get out of the car the the two guys who hit her mm-hmm. and once Frank did we see Frank other no. than in the bunny mask uh, mm-hmm. up until that point? Nope. Just, we just, uh, the only, the only allusion to him at being like a real person was the note 
on the wall and when the sister was asking if anyone had seen Frank. And then they said, oh, he went to get more beer. Right. And at that point, we're like, wait, it's just kind of like, oh, is Frank's a, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did they say something about him being her boyfriend or you were just supposed to like deduce that? Yeah, it was just, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and obviously now it makes sense in hindsight, like when they're in the movie theater and he takes the bunny mask off and you see that he like got shot in the eye. You're like, what? How did that happen? So am I remembering correctly that he shoots him because he hit Gretchen with the car? Yeah, but also I think it would be argued that he knew. That that was supposed to happen? Yeah. Okay. Why should because he knew that's what it was going like, to. I know, but why was, the why the eye? Like, why was that where he shot him? I. It's one of those Such things a small where it's part. it's what happens in the future, but it in it uh, influences what happens in the past. Yeah, because like going back to this book thing again with the manipulated dead. Yeah. So uh, Frank was one oh, of the manipulated right. dead, yes. and in these notes in this book. It says that the manipulated dead are more powerful than the living receiver. That makes sense. So Frank was at that moment <clears throat> that Frank gets killed in the tangent universe. He's able to travel back in time mm-hmm. to tell Donnie that the world's going to end in 26 days. And right. Need to, and all, everything that happens from then on, you know, it's it it, it gets him to that point. Like yeah. we were saying before. So like when they're in the theater and he's able to show him what happens right. to his eye. That clues Donnie into to the, know what to do when he sees him in the moment. He um he tells that other guy like run get away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um the the reveal that it was just like a fucking Halloween costume, like the bunny suit. Mm-hmm. When that's revealed, it's like oh, like not that that was a bad reveal. Like it was good. I didn't expect it, but it was just like not at all where I thought it was going. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, yeah, that was just weird, like, to start the movie off where a bunny is talking to him. You're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how many people, like, started watching it and, like, saw that and were like, what the fuck? I'm turning this off. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, hindsight's way easier to think about it. But um, when he sees him, you know what around what date is that he sees him. And then he says 26 days and it's on, in October. So, you know, it's going to be. Around Halloween, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. This whole movie gave um, the Halloween movie, like, vibes. Like, it just, I don't know, like, the town oh, setting yeah, just... seemed similar. I guess I know it's a small town, but it just, I know their movies are made, like, literally, like, 20 years apart, but they seemed almost as if they were made, like, around the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just gave me that uh, same uh, feeling. Same creepy feeling, but this one was less scary. Um, I'm trying to see if I had anything else that I wanted to say. Um, I wrote on here thought after watching what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was I felt very confused, but once I like slept on it, like it made more sense to me. Um, here's my final thought: is that uh. Or, like, final note. Have you seen the real-life Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Um, The first one, mm-hmm. I believe. I think. There is a villain that they fight in the beginning of that movie. That's, like, a... 
it's like a flying like ghost thingy. Yeah. Yep. Can you picture it yep. in your brain? Yep. I think that that looked yeah, kinda. like the bunny. Yeah, kind of. That was my first thought. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll be like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it was not. Did not have the humor of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> in case y'all were wondering. Um, I guess some of the some of the parts that were interesting for me that we haven't touched on already. Um, it's the so starting with so he floods the he floods the school. Yep. And part of the thing to show that he has powers that like would have been again easier to understand with the with more information. Yeah. Was like him putting the axe in that copper statue. Yeah. Like that's part of Yeah, I didn't I yep. didn't understand. I remember seeing that and being like but what? Anyway, that's uh uh what I was going to say was with the uh it's 28 days by the way. I keep saying 26, but um <laughs> They have to go, they have to have those, like, classes, like, after the place gets flooded, mm-hmm. where they have the, with the woman, and then Patrick Swayze's Patrick character Crazy, yep. comes and, and announces. Those two scenes were probably two of my favorite, with just how he handles the situations, because it's like... That's you. <laughs> okay, cool, I guess, but, like, it's no, one like of those he... things where, like, that, that, that he's 100% right, yeah. and, she, and she, she just can't, like, handle it. Yeah, no, he, like, it's like uses it's not, logic not, not to good, put her right. in a place, put her in her place, and that's, you would do that. Right. And, and I don't mean that good. in a bad way. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. Because I was thinking the same thing, like, when the first girl went up to do it and was like, <laughs> first of all, they're way too old to be doing an exercise like this. But <laughs> right. also, like, yeah, like, doing the thing, and then she just marks the X. She's like, good, good. And I'm like, what it's it's one of those yeah it's one of those things where when you read you read it you know the answer that they want you to give right and but like donnie comes in and says it's like it's not that black and white yeah like yeah so she returned the wallet took the cash and then i think the whole idea is like who's to say that like she like didn't go to sleep without supper the night before Mm -hmm. and she needs it for food Mm -hmm. or something like that and then where does it fall in line and that's, yeah. sorry, I was just going to no, say, yeah. and that scenario didn't even make sense because it doesn't really fall into the category of fear or love. Well, well right. <laughs> the, the idea is that the fear is like, it's, it's another, way of, another way of saying good and bad. Like, because the whole, oh. the whole thing that Patrick Swayze's character, his whole, like, philosophy was fear causes us to do bad things. Love causes us to do good things, basically. So that's why it's fear and love. Mm-hmm. So fear caused her to steal the money because whatever she was afraid of not going, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing there. Okay. But, I mean, then his character comes and talks. Patrick Swayze's characters come and talk. Uh, characters come and talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I can't speak. He comes to talk <laughs> to the school, and he you calls him out. He calls him out. Yes. And, he, and basically, he's like, you... <laughs> Your sister's mad at you because uh, you think she's fat. Maybe you should help her, like... Oh, yeah, ex- like... Like, stop eating so much and exercise. Get off the couch and stop eating Twinkies yeah, or something. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and then, like, he goes through the line. He goes, all these things have logical solutions that you just aren't doing. Yeah. This stupid bullcrap that this guy's saying isn't anything. Okay, so... And I just think... I think those, I think those two scenes and what's happening in those... I think most normal 
like adjusted people would feel the same way in those instances. But I think a lot, I mean, it's not just today. It's been happening our entire lives. But there's so many people who would much rather be on that it's good, bad crowd or like cloud yourself to like actually having to think critically about the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that just makes me think. I'm going to try to keep this side tangent brief, but it's related. And I'm going to bring in my education for this topic. So I'm in a class right now. Uh, in college about substance use disorders okay and they I've learned about a bunch of different kinds of drugs and my teacher really loves to talk about you know like social impacts of drugs and how they are talked about in our society and the thing he always talks about is how you know the approach to getting people to not do bad things which is kind of what they're trying to do in this movie by this new way of teaching is instilling fear in the kids of like you know they're horrible for you don't try them but you don't actually have any information about why it's horrible for you you just know that it's wrong Mm -hmm. and there's kind of all this evidence which donnie darko kind of like you know proves by exposing how that like method is flawed that uh, not providing people information about what drugs actually do, like, doesn't instill fear and make them not want to do it. It just makes them want to try it more because they're curious and want to understand it and want to know why it's off limits. Mm-hmm. So I just found that, like, really fascinating because I don't know about you, but I grew up with, like, D.A.R.E. at my school. Um, So, you know, like, mm-hmm. hugs, not drugs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't let your friends do drugs. And didn't work. Right. Everyone in my class did drugs. Uh, not me. I mean, there was a few people who didn't, obviously. But most people mm-hmm. at least smoked weed, if not did other stuff. And I just find that really fascinating. And it kind of was, like, topical for this movie, just because they're, like, debating about, like, how to teach people. Mm-hmm. Or te- the best way to teach kids, kind right. of, to be good people. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It you could you know it could apply to a lot of things just like how when they teach abstinence only education it yeah. doesn't actually work for sex ed and it makes people have higher rates of you know teen mm-hmm. pregnancy and all that stuff. So <laughs> I just find that really fascinating and I'm curious your thoughts if you have any and you would like to share. No, I mean it's one of those things like um I remember in high school we had uh high school i think it was middle school sorry was it middle school pretty sure it was middle school uh sad students against destructive decisions oh that's what ours was okay it was basically the same thing right um, <laughs> but it was it's sad yeah yeah it's one of those things like i think i don't want to again i don't want to give myself too much credit but i think at that point i had already been exposed like not like firsthand exposure to these things. It's not like to drugs and all that stuff. It's not like I was seeing it happen in front of me, mm-hmm. but just the idea of them and like uh, through like movie and TV, movies and TV and stuff like. And I, I don't know, there was never any like direct like. 
there's that word again, uh, direct conversation about that stuff with my parents. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of kids are smart enough to kind of pick up on the signals where they don't necessarily need to be told outright, not to say that they shouldn't be, because you don't want to assume that a kid is understanding what's going on. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of smart kids out there that are able to deduce good and bad based on earlier versions of different things that they were taught how to handle, mm -hmm. right? So basically, I think the idea, I think if I had to guess part of it with me, for me growing up was knowing that if something is illegal, if I don't know, if I don't know what I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing it sort of a thing. And, but at the same time, seeing other people do it and knowing that not everybody's dying left and right yeah like there's clearly some disconnect with what's being taught and what's actual reality is because mm -hmm. you know like in those in those same kind of teachings you know they talk about marijuana and stuff and how it like and it, for the record it can have the capacity to, to destroy people's lives in one ways or others mm -hmm. but it's not one of those things where like if you do it you're fucking you're screwed yeah. you know so i think it's one of those things that that's the cue that a lot of people are probably able to pick on as pick up on as they grow up. It's like if somebody's telling me this thing's gonna kill me, but I'm seeing all these people do it, there's somewhere in between that's yeah. gotta be correct. And I think I don't know why they don't teach us about the in between. Yeah. Well you know. Right. Like I, I know that teachers are not gonna get in front of the class and be like, <laughs> Well, right. these are the possible benefits of cannabis. Like they're right. not gonna do that. But I think uh you know, encouraging and empowering people to, especially young students, to make just make smart choices mm -hmm. should be the the way to go. Um, I don't know. I just really, and I've really been stuck on this lecture that my teacher gave me because it just really like he he went into this whole big. I mean, the whole class is about how everything's a cycle and how, for example. I really want to get this right because I, do, I want to do his class justice. But like talking about like adverse childhood experiences, you know what those are? I'd imagine um, negative things that happened, negative trending towards traumatic things happening. Happening to in people's lives. So let's say an, an adverse childhood experience, for example, it could be like divorce, mm -hmm. neglect, abuse, whatever. So if you have a, parent with a substance use disorder that's an adverse childhood experience so then that child grows up and is if you have four or more you're like significantly more likely to have a substance use disorder yourself combine that with disparities and over policing in like communities of color disproportionately affecting you know like so then people of color are more likely to be incarcerated for drugs so then an incarcerated relative is another adverse childhood experience mm -hmm. resulting in their children once again having the same problem. And it's all just all interconnected and like the lack of education keeps it from disrupting the cycle. And, you know, obviously like factor in like racism, discrimination and just like our shitty ass system. And it's all just like a dumpster fire. Yeah. And I, like, am not a person that really knows anything about drugs. Like, I'm 
scared of them and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I just feel like it's really fascinating. And I just have been stuck on talking about it like any chance I get because I just think it's so fascinating. Yeah, it's one of those like stuff like that. It's one of those things where it's you're beholden to your own experiences. And I guess how I that's not entirely true. I I suppose it depends on how you weigh your own experiences. But like there's certain there's just certain things that. For me and my experiences with anything, it's always, at least since, as long as I can remember, I try to, I've always tried to approach things as logically as possible with, obviously, factoring in my own experiences, but I feel like it's more of like, that fucking, it's a word. Um, what is like, oh, <laughs> I'm catching myself a couple times today, but, um, I'm not stuttering too bad today. I don't think, Yeah, but you're taking over for me. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> it's one of those, it's just, uh, just to keep, I'll cut it short and keep it short. It's one of those things where like you can try knowing what to try, when to try, how to try different things can make a huge difference in how those things impact you. If you're trying things under a lot of pressure, generally it's not it's not a good scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also believe in a little bit of peer pressure never hurt anybody, for the record. A little bit of peer pressure. Oh, I know you do. A little bit of peer pressure is okay. <laughs> you like to do it to me. But like... <laughs> With like when it comes movies. to like yeah, <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to like talking about drugs, right? Mm-hmm. There's certain things that I know I can say with ninety nine point nine percent certainty. Me doing this right now isn't going to kill me, and it most likely will not get me in trouble if during the window of okay. use. I guess sure. To be clear, I've only I've haven't done anything I haven't done anything that isn't legal somewhere does that make sense you don't want to admit what you did on the pod well basically what I'm getting at is like knowing now nowadays like with the whole fentanyl problem Mm -hmm. that's going on and things being laced right and it's not even necessarily like people are lacing it's not like people are uh, it's not like people are lacing things intentionally to kill people they're lacing things to stretch out what they have. Like, you know, their boost, their buffing. It's like it's like adding uh, water to a bottle of vodka to, like, make it look like you haven't drank as much, right? You get that, you know, that idea, right? Sure. Like, you, the, I'm not saying you, you, you would, you would have done it or anything, but, you know, like, the kid takes the bottle of vodka, drinks some of the vodka, and then they put oh. water in it to make it look like they didn't take any. Yeah. It's, they're str- I think what I'm, and I'm speaking a little out of school here, but I'm pretty sure the idea is a lot of it's just to, so they can sell less product for more, right? Sure. So they can. I thought it was always just to, like, get people hooked on something stronger and make them buy again. I'm sure that's part of it, too. But I think a lot of it is just, it's, I'm not going to, I don't need to, I don't need to guess or contemplate on why it is. But (laughs) if, like, something like that, when people talk about the legalization or decriminalizing drugs and stuff, 
I think something like that, like if you think about cocaine, I'm not saying cocaine should or shouldn't be legal, mm -hmm. but that's something that's often, you know, uh, cut with fentanyl. Mm -hmm. If it was something that was legal, it would be regulated. If it was regulated, you would know that there's never going to be fentanyl in it. Mm -hmm. So then you could yeah. more safely experiment, yep. right? I'm writing a paper about this. So that's why, <laughs> so that's why something like that I haven't tried because it's, even though the likelihood probably isn't astronomical, it's not super high. It's not super low either. It's not like of a cocaine being laced with fentanyl. Right. Like if like but you can still die from cocaine. So she shouldn't do. Well, yeah, you can. But it's one of those <laughs> things where like if you. You could. You could take. You could take a small amount with a bit of confidence that you're probably not going to die if you don't have some pre-existing condition. You really could. You could. Millions of Colton, people. Colton, do I need to be worried about you? <laughs> no. Honestly, I don't need, I don't know if, if it were legal, I think I would try it just once. Really? Just once. Yeah. If okay. it were legal, I would try it. Okay. But since it's not, and there's no guarantee of actually what you're getting, no thanks. I'm good. Sure. Um, I think I was talking about this and I think like somebody was saying, is it, it's either like heroin or some other like strong drug. That, like, they give you, like, it in the hospital for pain, just, like, under a different name, but it's, like, literally the same thing. Well, that's a lot of pharmaceuticals. Well, like, fentanyl can be a painkiller prescribed in the hospital, because mm -hmm. I know that, like, my grandma got it when she had her heart attack. Um, And then I was like, what? Because here I'm thinking it's just, like, a mm -hmm. street drug. Right. <laughs> but I think they say, like, like, you, or maybe it's, like, morphine is... Morphine is... No, I don't want to be wrong. I, I want to say, like, morphine is, like, heroin. Like, they're the same effect, but I don't think that's right. So don't quote me on that. There's, but, yes, there's an overlap with pharmaceutical drugs and illegal substances yes. that are used for recreational use. Right. There is an overlap where... Yes, yes that's yes. putting it in short without getting any information wrong. Um, but... I'm pretty good at that. I would not... <laughs> I would not... I, w I'm, I can't say I'm the same. I can't say I agree, like, with what you were saying just before. Um, I understand, like, your reasoning, like, it made sense, but I, I can't agree for myself, but I will say, like, I have always wondered, like, I don't want to do the drugs, but I want to experience the feeling that people are experiencing so that I can understand why people with substance use disorders mm -hmm. chase that feeling. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they always say, like, you're chasing the high. I want to know what that means. Mm -hmm. Like, what high are you chasing? I and think, you're always trying to get a bigger high. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I wish you could experience like a simulator mm -hmm. for like five minutes. <laughs> I think it's worth. I think it's worth noting just for for what it's worth. I would wager to say that you don't really. You probably don't have a very addictive personality. Right. There isn't probably a lot that you've ever gone through where you just like you feel like you can't get enough of anything at all. I don't like I don't know, because can you can you get addicted to anything? Basically, you could. Because like, I mean, we're all addicted to our phones. Well, okay. <laughs> but my point, my point is it's I don't think I do either. But it's one of those things where it's not like I would get sick of it. It's not like I can't speak uh, I can't speak for a lot of things firsthand, but 
just talking to some people and also just gleaning knowledge from reading things over the years. There are a lot of recreational drugs. It's not like a you use it once and then all of a sudden you can't have you can't stop. You can't have yeah, it, right? I know. So I think it's one of those things where if ever there's a time I'm not going to encourage anyone to do anything. But if there are times when it like if there becomes a time where it is where certain things are legal and you know you can do them safely with the comfort of either friends like your friends around you mm-hmm. know, that you trust. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I and again, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't i'm just saying i don't think necessarily if you i don't think you would be in any danger to actually have that experience at least once Mm -hmm. but again doing it the right way Mm -hmm. is the important part but you're gonna be an interesting parent yeah probably you're you're gonna give your kids the same advice i like to i would like to think yes but i don't know I'll call you in 20 years and we'll put that. It's one of those, it's one of those (laughs) things that I think like if you, I think if depending on what kind of person they are, I think it's one of those things where you could potentially help yourself out by being open about stuff. Because I think it's one of those things kind of like you were saying with dare, Mm -hmm. like it's pretty much dare me to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. it's one of those things where they tell you not to do it. And then they're like, oh, they're telling me. Well, not why to do not? It. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas if you ex- if you explain to your kids like the good, the good the side dangers. and the bad or like are more open to the idea of them trying it, they'll probably they might be less likely. To, I, I think to try they are. Because like, in a sense, like the fear approach, like did work for me, you know? Like, I never tried drugs, so it's, like, technically did work for some. Right. But I think in, like, the overall success rate, it's got to be, so like, less than 10% <laughs> of people that it's actually a successful program. But How do we get on that tangent? I just brought it up because I wanted to, but it was kind of related to the, the, the teaching. Oh, l- yes, uh, yes, scene. yes, yes, that's right. But I think that we should... Move into our segments unless you had something else that you wanted to discuss. First. I don't think so. A lot of familiar faces in this movie. Yes, totally forgot to mention Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. icon. She's a producer, I think, on it too. Yeah. Um, Queen. Yeah, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything else that we didn't already cover. I mean, I would go in depth and talk about all the book related, the in book in in movie book. It's not like it's a real book, um, but that's, uh, I think that's, there's plenty of things out there that explain it. You don't need us to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially explaining it, like, after learning about it, you know, within the last 12 hours. I'm yeah. sure there's people who have read into it and didn't do it a lot more, but it's pretty easy to understand. Like I, I, I said, I think I said earlier, there's. There was one video in particular that I watched that was really good and easy to easy to suck in. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think just having watched having had watched the director's cut would have been enough. Yeah. Because like it, it just there's so much like it it lays it out exactly like what every like it lays it out for so you. So here's the takeaway. Watch the director's cut. Yeah, if you haven't already, if you haven't already watched it, which we should it, put that I, as a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch this episode without watching the director's cut. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll put that in the in the te- in the text for this one, 
just so I'll 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 put the put the notice that we wrote or that we watched the theatrical cut and that yeah after 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 having watched that it's probably the director's cut you want to watch but if you watch the theatrical cut then you're probably experiencing the same frustrations we are so you might relate to the podcast better um yeah favorite quote uh at the beginning when they're talking about uh um what do they say well i know it ends with fuck ass suck why don't you go suck suck a fuck fuck. (laughs) yeah yeah just the argument that i have at the beginning okay so that in tandem with something that i'm now remembering that i wanted to bring up and didn't bring up sorry um just how like how in movies usually the entire family is fucking it's useless right they're like they're like caricatures of a shit like uh you know the dad's just uh like uh droning on the tv the mom's yeah. bitching about something all the time the <laughs> siblings are fighting yada yada you got this, the one overachiever this, the this annoying particular one. family seemed like the most adjusted normal family in a lot of movies the dad saw how ridiculous it was that he was getting in trouble for telling her to shove the book up her ass like, yeah. and him laughing at the at yeah. the jokes at the beginning yeah. the mom like kind of like acting like she was upset but also like thinking like the again the argument at the beginning like kind of seemed upset but it was still at the same time you could tell she gave was giving into because she also thought it was ridiculous yeah. stuff they, yeah. they were saying the their interact like the entire family's interaction with everyone just like basically made it seem like even though donnie's got his problems the whole family seems like an actual, like, you know, cool family. Like, yeah. Good, nice family. Yeah, no, it was, it that was good. And I, I thought you were going to say that. Because, yeah, I think she calls him a, a fuck ass. And then the, and the then sister. They say, the sister at the end. Yeah, the sister's like, What's what? What's a fuck ass? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, go suck a fuck. Yeah. Whatever. That was funny. I oh. knew you were going to, I thought you were going to say that. Um, I like the one where, uh, Donnie like calls his mom a bitch and she goes and she's like, our son just called me a bitch. And he goes, the dad goes, you're not a bitch. You're bitching, but you're not a bitch. <laughs> just so like 80s, <laughs> you know, yours was better. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's all with the same thing, though. It's all the same vein of stuff that, uh, yeah, it's like, it's cool. I had cool. another one, though. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really cool and kind of random. How they like when the the te- like Drew Barrymore's character she leaves and she left on the chalkboard the word cellar door mm-hmm. and then he's like why cellar door and she's like this according to like okay, whatever author all the was. phrases in the English language of all the endless combinations of words in all history cellar door is the most beautiful I thought that was like random but really cool and like um, I could see it. There's a there's a theory that that um they're all I think it, it leads in I think that leans into the the manipulated living subconscious thing. It's a subconscious thought that makes her write it on the thing and that's what he remembers to go down into the cellar. Yeah, right? okay, but yeah. I think part of the part of a the- excuse me. <clears throat> part of a theory is that uh it was a conscious decision. Like that, she knew what was going on. I don't subscribe to that. I mm-hmm. think for sure it's a subconscious thing. But, um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
I I love I love these movies. And when it when we got done watching it, uh, just uh, for the record, and I don't think you've seen it, maybe you have. I think we've meant we may have mentioned it before. I don't know if on the podcast, if not on the podcast, we may have mentioned it talking with your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminded me a lot of uh, Butterfly Effect. But Butterfly Effect, <laughs> Butterfly for the record though, also Butterfly Effect came out after this, like a few years. It's I think. On my list. Okay, cool. Well. <laughs> That one, that one's another good one where like it definitely had the same some similar vibes and that movie also has an alternate ending that gives a lot of these vibes. Yeah. But okay. Um. Since it's on your list, I won't say much. I won't yeah, say don't else. say much else. Uh. Yeah. That. Oh, fuck. I was just. Gonna... Anyways. Yes, that made sense with the cellar door thing. Where yeah, like it kind of made no sense, but yeah, that they end up in the cellar mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, did you, I totally forgot about our, I was about to be like, oh, my new movie pick, forgot about spinoff or kill off. Oh, so you see, I think technically the, I think the sequel's about this little sister. Okay. I think. I can, I can vibe with that. So Jake Gyllenhaal's not in it because he's dead. (laughs) <laughs> right, and but I think the original director wrote it, or helped write it, but I don't think he. Uh, came out to apparently, and everything I've read about it says just it, pretend it doesn't exist. So, <laughs> um, that bad, eight. As Darko sets seven years after, and his sister Samantha is beset by sleepwalking hallucinations. Oh, okay. So she she wins for spinoff. Well, I mean, she has a spinoff, and again, I. Oh, oh boy. So Wikipedia says the budget was four million, and that the box office did one million, and then they re-released it in two thousand eleven for forty four and made forty four thousand. But yeah, everything I was reading says just don't. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, so she can work for spinoff, and I think a spinoff, the spinoff for the for um, Grandma Death. Um, <laughs> oh, her name was I just saw it before. Roberta or something. Roberta Sparrow or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's that, true. That would have been a, actually. I think that would have been a better choice than yeah, the sister. Like a prequel, like a prequel. Yeah, of her prequel experience and what led to her reading the book and then becoming basically this zombie walking back and forth. Oh, wait a minute, duh. What is the re- the reason she walks back and forth to the to the mailbox? Is that because she knows eventually she's going to have to be there? Yeah, I, I thought she just yeah kept doing that because she was like eventually yeah gonna get and she, in she the way to cause right. that accident. She didn't right. I guess well, well technically that would make her a in this instance a manipulated a manipulated living because I mean or is at she one, like secretly dead. <laughs> at one point she's living receiver. At, up until that point she serves her purpose, and then she becomes a manipulated living, and then maybe. Maybe that's, I don't know. I'm because she could have been aware of it, and that's why she goes back and forth to the mailbox. All yeah, time. probably. I would hope so. And maybe it's one of those things. Is in her old age, she doesn't know when and where 
Exactly. So she does it all the time. All the time. And then you know, at odd, hour, odd hours of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's going to have. Right. She's going to have to be there. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I didn't think about it that way until now for whatever reason. Fair. But yeah. I think there. The, the, I think her. I think a spinoff for her would be the most interesting. Yeah. And then like it could end with her like going and checking the mailbox. And then going and sitting inside for a few hours and then coming back outside and checking the mailbox and then just yeah. doing that <laughs> as the credits start to roll. <laughs> yeah. Who gets the boot? Because I don't really, like, I just don't really feel like the teacher, like anything at the high school, like, okay, yes, you could argue it fed into the pro- propelling, the like propelling forth the story, you know? Like pushing the story forward, mm-hmm. I think. But I feel like I want to kill like Patrick Swayze's character. I think the reason they exist is to get the mom and daughter on the plane. That's it. <sighs> yeah, like one of them can go. You know, like <laughs> it's. I mean, they're also there to contrast, I guess, with with Donnie to show that Donnie's he built different. Smart, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's just one of those things. Is it's it's it brings forward an event that is required for the whole thing to happen just to kind of make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So you don't have another person in mind? You know, the, the high school bullies. I mean, they weren't in it enough for it to... To bother you. Yeah. I don't know. That one's a... Sorry. That's really breathy. That one's a tough... That one's a tough one to think about. Because, I mean... Is like were are there other ways they could have done other parts for sure? But like none of it felt none of it, the the movie felt tight. Everything felt pretty tight. It, and it, I don't think uh, okay. If there's any character, if there's any uh, character that I don't think played a huge part in otherwise otherwise just to show that Donnie's a good person. Is the Asian girl? Oh, because I don't think she. I kept. I was so confused about like her name. Charita Chen. Oh yeah, but then she kept saying like she kept saying a word wrong. I don't know. Like I I feel like when she would say sure, she would say chur. Oh yeah, maybe. And then they were like making fun of her for that or something. Yeah, that's right. That she wasn't really that. I uh, yeah. That was weird. I mean, she's one of the people. I think if anything, they play like a couple people played a part just to. Just to show it may have just been to show that Donnie knew what was going on and he was finally in control of what was happening. Mm -hmm. Because when he talked to her the last time he talked to her and he took her earmuffs, she's like telling her it's going to be okay, Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Or something like that. And then that when she like runs away. Yeah. I think it's just the social awkwardness and him being like. But then it wasn't his name was like doodled on her notebook or something. That was just weird. And then. (laughs) It was uh, a weird scene. And then when the, when, um, when, uh, Gretchen gets ran over, uh, the clown in the car. Yeah. He's like, go home and make sure you tell every, uh, tell everybody that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like everything's gonna be okay. Nothing like, 
at that point, he knows what's going on. Like, right. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. Go home. Tell him everything's going to be fine. Like you're saying that was in part. Well, no, I'm just saying like that's that's the role that she played as well. Oh. I think was just being that person. I got Kind it. of reflect that. But I don't know. At the same time, like you have to have those kinds of characters because you can't have those throw like those throwaway moments. They mean there's a little bit like at least to me, like in this case, that's the meaning there is there where he's showing he's telling them that he's in that he knows that everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like because up until that point, he doesn't give that vibe off at all. Up until that point, he's kind of like everything's fucked. This is whatever, blah, 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 blah. But at that point, he's like, everything's going to be fine. And then he tells the other guy, everything's going to be fine. And I think there, those moments are there to show that he knows what's going on. He's in control. He knows what's going to happen. I think if you do that with any other of the normal characters, it doesn't play the same. Yeah. Because then it becomes, because she can run, she runs away. She doesn't need to stay. Like, if it were to Gretchen, she'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, Well, imagine being that guy who has no idea what's going on or anything about these, the, the, prime or the tangent universe and he just shot his friend in the face and then says everything's going to be fine (laughs) like he clearly that just like out of context just sounds terrifying but yeah i don't know overall slay i uh i've been buying a lot of movies again lately like a lot like i probably bought like 20 movies in the last he likes to spend his money (laughs) yeah it's well it's one of those things like it's something that I would encourage more people to do, whether it be movies or games or shows. If you have spend their money, if you have one that you, <laughs> if you have movies and shows that you know you like, you should buy them physically. Oh, um, oops. Well, I mean, what I my, didn't say that. <laughs> my point, the, the point being is, like, okay, recently with HBO, uh. We watched, um, we were fans of Westworld and, uh, HBO and Discovery are combining. And this was announced, the read, the name of the new service was announced recently, but in that, in that, uh, combination, Discovery basically started taking a bunch of HBO stuff and taking it off. HBO Max and just taking it off HBO Max one of the like actual HBO branded shows that they took off was Westworld Mm. so right now you can't watch it you can't stream it unless you you can buy streaming rights to it but the thing with streaming rights is those can be taken away if you buy a digital copy you're really only buying like a subscription to be able to watch it Yeah, because at any time that service could either A shut down or B, lose out on a licensing deal with that whatever company owns the movie, and then you could be without that digital copy. Yeah. So the reason I would encourage people to at least, if there's movies you adore, shows you adore, games you adore, you should buy them physically if you can. Because at some point, they could go away. Fair. Fair point. That's part of why I started buying movies again. Was because well for that's, that reason and because there's some cool. stuff that you just you can never track yeah, right there's that's some cool. stuff it's like this isn't on anything right now and I want to watch it why I mean, you guys have an epic movie collection like put it's in your there. will that I want to inherit that yeah <laughs> we'll uh yeah it's it's 
it's okay. As but if it's, you're so much older than me. There's a lot of there's a lot of gaps in it, and that's what I've been trying to fill. But at the same time, I've been buying movies that I haven't seen mm-hmm. off like general recommendation, just yeah. because I like people have like I've always said like this movie's so good, mm-hmm. like universally, not just like one person telling me. Like for example, The Godfather. Like I bought those movies. The first one's great. Um, is it the best movie ever made that a lot of people will say? Uh, that's up for debate. Mm-hmm. I would say no. It was really good, but it's def- I wouldn't, I don't know, and whatever. Yeah. For what it's worth, I don't think so. But yeah. other people do. But anyway, there's a bunch of movies like that. So I still ha- I have a handful on the shelf that I haven't seen that I plan to still watch. Um, but um, that being said, I, I, ordered, I ordered this movie just today. Donnie Darko. Nice. Yeah. I ordered. Um, ordered a copy of that, and I also ordered uh, uh, Four Seasons of Westworld <laughs> <laughs> because that I'm more worried about not being able to get because I feel like that's something that could just go out of print and then not be available anymore. Yeah, depending on what happens with the rights to it. Don't you but, like being able to just like you want something? Just get yeah, that's the best part about being an adult and, and having your own money is yeah. you don't have to ask. Yeah, yeah. Brittany yeah. probably would like you to ask. No, 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 no. But it's, well, I mean, when we're trying to, like, buy a house and stuff, then yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't just be spending a whole bunch on these, but it's okay. I'm not spending, I'm not spending outside my means. But that being said, buy mm-hmm. physical, physical media, everybody. That's the takeaway. Yep. Okay. So I am, you hear that rustling in the back. Um, getting the wheel ready. Getting the wheel ready. And can you, while I do this, recap the um, mm-hmm. movies on the board for everybody? Yep. So, for my picks on the board. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I like that. From the beginning, uh, still, uh, is Nope. Nope is on there from the beginning still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think since the beginning, I've added Signs and There Will Be Blood. Yep. That's the one I added last time. Your current picks um, brought over from last season, air quotes, wheel, uh, you brought The Impossible, and from the beginning, you have Interstellar. Yeah. And what are you adding today? So I have this list that I have them, not like ranked, but I had like 20 movies that I'm like, oh, I just haven't seen and I should watch them. Mm Mm-hmm. And normally I've been like not going in order, but like kind of. And I'm just gonna pick a random one. Okay. It's with Bradley Cooper. Okay. You want to take a guess? Do you have another person that's in it? Nope. It's Bradley Cooper. That's all I know. Um, Bradley Cooper. That's all you know. Limitless. Bradley Cooper. That's all you know. Oh, um. I mean, you're giving me guns. Are you talking American Sniper? Yep. Okay. Um, have you seen it? Bits and pieces. I have also seen bits and pieces. Um, so this is a probably a conversation we'll have when we watch this movie, if we watch this movie, um, about military propaganda, mm-hmm. which I'm sure many people would argue that this movie is. Um, I don't know if I fully understand what that is or what it means, but I have feelings, and not probably what you think I would have. Um. But I'll save that for that topic. Mm-hmm. So I just really want to watch it because I know it won some awards, I think. Mm-hmm. And I know it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So I've also heard that it's just really good. 
So that's what's going on there is American Sniper. Okay. Um, and um, then we're going to spin. Speaking of uh, military movies and Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, <laughs> we went and saw The Covenant uh, this last weekend. Okay. It's, that's a good one. It's about... Uh, it's about uh, the the tail end of the U.S. Um, being in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and um, long story short, their interpreter gets left behind when um, the U.S. pulls out in twenty twenty one. When they pull out of Afghanistan, the interpreter gets left behind, and he's trying to get him, trying to get him like saved because mm-hmm. they were guaranteed visas yada yada but the whole message of the movie is that like when we pulled out of afghanistan we left a whole bunch of people yeah out to dry that were that helped us the whole time we were there oh for sure so like i buy that it, it was good it was really good um sounds really good that's a complex issue yeah for sure um okay so I believe we talked about this last week but i'm just gonna reiterate it one more time oh, our voodoo hoodoo. our wheel is a scam so we're going to start our wheel on the green and the blue See, section. Um, logic says that it doesn't matter where you start it because. Just let me have this. <laughs> I get it, but just let me have it because. Okay. What are you, what are we rooting? What are you rooting for? So I was going to bring this up too. At what point do we have a, a movie on the list? That you boot? That we, no, 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 no. That we both know we want to watch. Oh, so we just pick? So we just pick it? <laughs> Do you have one? I have one. I have two, but I have one that I think... I want to watch? That we both want to watch, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she pointed to Nope. <laughs> I I mean, okay. I, I even told you. I, I told you when I bought it, which was months ago. That you want... I already I, know. You wanted... Well, I think. Yeah. You wanted me to watch it here... With your new TV and new sound system. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't want to watch it until we got the new TV and stuff, just because whatever. Yeah. So that one we will get to watch together, which is kind of fun. Right. But, but, uh, but yeah. I feel like if we hate this spin, we're I, just going to executive decision. I feel, like, I feel like if we spin, if the wheel spins, we got to take it. If we, if, if we spin the wheel, we got to take it. Well, spinning the wheel is fun. Yeah, I know. I know. I just so it's kind of like a card laid is a card played. No take backsies. Like I don't okay. think we need to feel that way. We have there's all the options on here are are, are great options. Yeah, they are. And well, except for there will be blood. I don't know what I'm here's, getting with that. How about, how about we do this? How about we do this? <laughs> Everyone listening is like, shut the fuck up if and spin we, the wheel. If we get to episode the tenth episode of this second season. If we get to the ninth episode of this and it hasn't been picked, we'll We're watch it for it. the last one. Okay. Does that, okay. Does that work? Yep, that's fair. Okay, cool. All right, ready? Okay, so we're rolling if you want to go for it. All right, I'm going to give it a good spin. That was a good one. <laughs> Any day now, Jeepers. That was a long one. Sorry. Interstellar. Interstellar. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good, I'm just okay. that was the that was the other one. That was I said the there other were two. One? Yeah. But um, no, that one. I'm glad that we're getting a pick that has kind of been on here for a while, mm-hmm. and it's not a new one. Right. Yeah. It was. I'm happy about yeah, that. Yeah. It's from the original set. Your original set of three. Yes. Which is it's one that I I don't know if we talked about it on podcast uh, the last 
during the last section of episodes, but I know I know we had talked about you potentially put yeah, when we were talking about sci fi stuff, I think on one of the episodes mm-hmm. I think you had mentioned wanting to put it on there and I've been excited to watch it since then. And I think honestly, I think I've watched it since then. Oh really? Yeah, just uh while I was working. It's not like I I've seen it a a bunch of times, but Yeah. That's another that's a good one. Good. I watched this YouTuber who I you definitely don't know who it is. Um, but she so I'm not even gonna say the name, but she said that this is her favorite movie of all time and she's like not really like the brightest bulb in the box. Okay. So I'm hoping that that means that it'll be easy for me to understand. But she also said she just loves sci-fi. So I'm excited because I know it's Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So we will see you guys next week for Interstellar. But uh, something we oh. need to get better at. Oh. Before we Oh, go, shit. I forgot. We're good. <laughs> About um, shouting us out on social media? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, at this point, uh, I think we're just a, only a little bit ahead now of our releases. We're kind of getting a little caught up. Yeah, it's going to um, be, it's going to be summer soon. So now we'll have a better consistent schedule since I won't have school. Right. So I think what'll happen is when this comes out, this will come out mid May, uh, maybe the second half of sometime in the second half of May. I don't remember which week we're at now. Mm-hmm. So we're two or three weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. At this which is, point. I think, like a good pace to keep. Right. But at any rate, um, makes it a little easier for us to maybe get some feedback. Um, I mean, it, it hasn't been hard, but I just, I suppose, to maintain current, mm-hmm. like a current uh, nature to our podcast. So we're not getting way out in advance like we were originally. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But um, if you want to check us out on Instagram, I think that's the best place. It's the easiest place for um, for managing. Um, to, uh, we all are, are also on Twitter, but on Instagram, we are twists, turns, and one-liners, all one word. You'll see our same uh, podcast cover work as the, um, as the profile picture. Uh, so yep. you can comment on the post there. You can send us a message on there. Um, whatever's most convenient. Uh, like I said, we're also also on Twitter, and on Twitter we are at TTOL Pod. Yep. Um, so both those places, great places. If you have any suggestions or comments, um, or you can uh, get a hold of us um, by email at twist turns and one liners at gmail dot com. Sorry, yep. I lied. Ooh, twist ooh. turns one liners. No and. <laughs> okay. There's certain things that are and aren't available, and but it's set up. Twist turns one liners at gmail dot com or Instagram, Twitter, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Um. At any rate, uh, Interstellar with the next pick. Yep. And we'll uh, see you next week. Bye.